Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I think skating is just like a pure act of joy. It's kind of how I found community. I found, you know, creative collaboration and exercise. And anywhere I go in the world, I know I can find somebody that wants to roller skate. We all have things we do every single day. The big ones, like eating and sleeping, don't take an incredible amount of drive. Others do, like hitting the gym or biking or meditating. But even if it's just getting your same morning coffee from the same place without fail, a lot of the things we make sure we do every single day take intention, commitment, and dedication. Well, for 500 straight days and counting, Chicagoan Lenny Gilmore has been roller skating. Now, not 24-7 certainly, but for at least an hour, somewhere, even holidays or even if he's sick, Lenny is lacing up and finessing his footwork. Whether on the streets of Logan Square or in the middle of nowhere, whatever the weather or terrain, Lenny is often having to make himself an impromptu pathway, both figuratively and literally, to have it count. And a lot of the time, he's documenting this through astounding video on social media. He skated through the arrivals gate of a sleepy O'Hare airport, a bustling blue line, even trips through Pennsylvania, Texas, or Iowa, all the while giving himself a new sense of community and a new lens through which to view his surroundings. It's okay to fall. It's okay to get a little bit hurt. We all have to take a calculated risk with that, but I think we shouldn't let those fears stop us from finding joy in our lives and in the world. I'm Jim Hankey, and this week we're rolling with Lenny Gilmore as he takes us through his journey from photography to roller skating to authoring a new children's book aimed at encouraging kids to embrace their own set of wheels. Let's get looped in, Chicago. Lenny's new children's book, If You Roller Skated the World, is out now. And having a five-year-old myself, it's a fascinating journey from Ecuador to Kentucky and beyond. And as mentioned up top, this week marked Lenny's 500th day in a row of roller skating. And we figured what better way to mark this occasion than by having him skate through our own WBBM offices and newsroom. So make sure to be following us on all our social media at WBBM News Radio and especially on TikTok at WBBM News Radio 105.9 to catch some incredible video of Lenny celebrating his 500th consecutive skate day in tandem with this episode. A native of suburban Batavia and now residing in Bucktown, 
I first became familiar with Lenny's work as a photographer. I'd see him capturing live shots or promo photos for bands around town, which eventually led him to becoming a staff photojournalist and eventual senior photo editor for The Red Eye, a publication from the Chicago Tribune that ceased operations in 2020. So before we talked about skating, I was curious about what drew Lenny to photography originally. You know, I think photography is a creative act and it teaches you how to have that visual language and that appreciation of other people's craft. I always kind of think that other artists are often just waiting around for somebody to ask them to do something. So it's it's fun sometimes being that person that can make something happen. That's really interesting. I mean, was that something your parents pushed or did you see other people do it? Like what made you want to pick up a camera and, and learn the craft? Me and my dad did a road trip. You know, traveling can always inspire creativity because it's exposing you to new ideas. So me and my dad went on this road trip when I was 14. And he's got a very, you know, engineer's mind. Like when he got a camera in the 70s, he just read the manual back to front and then followed its directions. It wasn't so much a creative thing as like this rigorous. And I had to learn that later. But anyway, he he gave me this camera. We went on this road trip and I just photographed out the window the whole time, all those stops we made out west. And I yeah. grew up with him, like kind of rigorously taking photos of us, really great photographs. They're, like I look back at his photo album, it's like he wasn't trained at all, but he he read the manual and he properly exposed, he bracketed, he did these advanced things that, you know, I went to college to learn. But yeah, that just kind of got my wheels turning and I just started using it as a means to explore. I always like to think of a camera as a passport. It's an excuse to show up somewhere and try to appreciate what's beautiful about that place, about that thing. You know, when I was a kid, I was kind of going through this like existential depression from a young age and like having the camera gave me this way to affirm a positive outlook and that my limited experience wasn't all there was, you know, it's like, no, there's this big, beautiful world out there. That's really remarkable, Lenny. That That's great. People who live in Chicago and certainly beyond, but if we're just focusing on our listeners in Chicago, uh, if they don't know your name, I, I do believe they know your work and you might pass that off, but that, I think that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for people at home, you've photographed some of Chicago's most well-known personalities, people like Jeff Tweedy, Chance the Rapper, Marion Hosa, Michael Shannon. I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. if there's a particular session you recall that stands out to you for any particular experience you had shooting that person. It can be funny. It can be poignant. Like what story comes to mind sort of immediately? And and it doesn't have to tie into Chicago, but if it did, that would be helpful to our listeners, I think. Oh man, that's so tough. Well, I was just watching a um, Michael Fassbender movie and uh, that was a really cool experience. I got to photograph him really early in my career. I just remember I was really nervous because I hadn't maybe photograph one or two like celebrities at that point. And he had to do like an interview right before I photographed him. And he kept muting the call and making jokes about the interview he was having. And then he would restart <laughs> the interview. And I'm sitting there nervously setting up my light stands or whatever. And that really helped uh, get my nerves down. And from then on, I was a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I got to photograph them changing the light bulbs on the top of the Sears Tower. Oh, cool. And uh, for those who don't know, at, at least at that time, the top of the Sears Tower is covered in spiders. <laughs> so it was like, it, it was a mind-bending experience. It was, it was just so bizarre. I'm like up above in, in, in the heavens. And I'm like so amazed. And they have these giant, giant light bulbs that they're screwing into place. 
And then all around me is just scary spiders, you know, it's just a very dramatic, weird setting. Um, <laughs> chance the Rapper is a good one. You know, I, I always appreciated Chance because he would he would really show up and listen to you and, uh, you know, collaborate with you and really try to understand uh, what we were trying to accomplish that day. When we talk about photography, I feel that there's two schools and, and you can inform me if there's more than than two trains of thought here. But I hear photographers say that they want to show a side of a person that maybe most people don't get to see. Whereas I'll read other photographers who say they feel their job is to emphasize what makes that person so captivating. I'm sure it differs session to session and person to person, but do you come at it with either of those thoughts in mind or a mixture of the two? Yeah, yeah, I think all that, depending on the situation and stuff. I'll give you one more story that kind of relates to what you were saying. Like, I once photographed Chief Keef. Mm, yeah. And this was like a huge get. Red Eye was like the first publication to uh, get a photo and an interview with Chief Keef after he kind of blew up. So I show up there. It's, he's at his aunt's house. He's got his family all around. And uh, <laughs> one of the agreements to get him to do the interview, he, he first asked us to like pay him like $10,000. And we're like, no, we don't even have like $500. We're like a flailing news service. But anyway, we talked him down to two fettuccine Alfredos. <laughs> so we bring him over two chicken Alfredos and he, he's sitting there eating his chicken Alfredos with his dudes and his aunt. I photograph him and I'm like thinking about what I'm going to emphasize. But just from sitting there talking to him, he was talking about uh, what he'd been up to and like, he told me about uh, these Gucci snowboarding goggles he had in his room. I was like, oh, okay, well, can we check him out in your room? And that's just what I ended up photographing it was him like with these Gucci snowboard goggles he had and just letting him emphasize what he was excited about. And it like lit him up. He got like, he'd been kind of like, you know, reserved up to that point. But once I let him just kind of play and show what he was excited about, and I, I feel like it brought out like a look. And uh, I asked him if he, if he, you know, snowboarded and he was like, oh no, I just like the goggles. So to find Lenny's impetus for lacing up his skates, we have to roll back to 2015. I did this assignment at Red Eye where I went with this journalist, Ernest Wilkins. We were doing this video. It was about him trying out for this women's roller derby team, Windy City Rollers. And he kind of did the whole bit. But then at the end of it, one of the ways you try out for the Windy City Rollers is you have to do like this race. And he just could not skate well enough to do it. So I was like, well, I used to play hockey when I was a kid. So I put on these roller skates and I was able to, you know, almost keep up with uh, these awesome skaters on this roller derby team. And so that kind of got me thinking about it. And then uh, I went, I moved out to California for two years. You know, skate culture is just everywhere there. And so one thing I started doing was I, started bringing my skates to the skate park and I had joined a roller derby team. So I had skates. Then I started meeting skaters. I went to Cuba to like donate skates and just kept getting more and more drawn into the skate scene. I've always loved seeing uh, things suspended in air and in roller skating, invert roller skating, as it's called, people uh, launch themselves into the air. And so it's become one of my favorite things to photograph. And so I kind of socialized, got to know people on and off skates and the more I photographed, the more I got interested in trying those things myself. And I'm not half as good as uh, a lot of the people I've met, but it's kind of uh, become just like a thing I find so much joy in. You know, I think um, skating is just like a pure act of joy. 
And uh, it's kind of how I found community. I found, you know, creative collaboration and exercise. And any, anywhere I go in the world, I know I can find somebody that uh, wants to roller skate. There's something about skating that makes it like such a non-threatening activity uh, to get together with total strangers and enjoy, you know, it's pretty amazing. I think it sounds like much like photography that you could say roller skating is, is also a passport. Oh, I think very much so. And I think they just enhance each other. Uh, this gentleman was asking me advice about getting into photography. And I said, you know, find your community, find your niche and, and serve that community. Finding people that need your your help in explaining what they do and showing what they do and telling their story. And through that, you know, you better yourself and better your work and make it matter and make people pay attention. You also grew up playing hockey. So what have the medical bills been like? Have you gotten kind of any broken bones? I haven't broken bones. Yes. Okay. I would. Uh, I've been very lucky. I haven't broken any bones. Never got hurt in roller derby. I was too quick. I'm a small guy, but I'm, I'm a little quick at times. But in vert skating, I've messed myself up a couple times. I've uh, dislocated uh, my right shoulder and I've I ripped my lip in half. Oh, had to be stitched together. Uh, I gave myself bad concussion that time when I did that. But mostly it's been good. I don't go quite as hard anymore with the vert skating. You know, I, I stick to like five foot ramps instead of 12 foot ramps. And I, I'm way more calculated. That's what I've learned is I've kind of gotten older. It's like, it's all about calculated risk. Part of the reason I've gotten into this repetitive skating thing is it lets me focus on just doing really nuanced improvements rather than trying to just have big leaps every time I skate. If you're only skating, you know, once a month or whatever, you want to feel like you got better. But I feel like with skating every day, it's just more about minor improvements. You know, for me, hearing all this, I'd be struggling with patience. I'd be struggling with humility because no one likes falling. No one likes feeling vulnerable in an activity, in, in anything. So I wonder, like, for people who maybe are, are just taking up skating or maybe interested, what did you learn about yourself when you, like, really started to dedicate yourself to it was it lessons in, in patience and that sort of thing to like make this feel and look like how you wanted it to look and feel uh one thing i had to get over was i know the best skaters in the world i i'm not one of the best skaters in the world and i know that and i think finding my own scale like what i care about in skating what am i trying to get out of it i have to keep asking myself what what, what got me really serious about skating and really implementing it in, into uh, my personal health story is I volunteered during uh, the pandemic or during 2021 to assist this team of rollerbladers uh, skating across Iowa for this event called Ragbri. It's 500 miles across a week, usually exclusively done by people on bikes. But this group, they call themselves ultra skaters, rollerbladed it, which is much more extreme than a bike, I would say. And the first year I assisted them, I just, you know, watched and cooked the meals and appreciated their effort. It was just insane. Their feet would be bleeding. You know, they were just beating themselves up so hard doing this. And that year I was just like, well, they're them and I'm me and I could never do anything like that. And then, you know, I kind of meditated that over the next year. And I, I had told myself that I was going to train and do it the next year. And then the next year rolled around and I'd maybe rollerbladed three times. I was like mad at myself. So I made myself skate one day of this ragbri, which was like 65 miles with 3000 feet of elevation that I hadn't trained for. 
but I was really stubborn and I did the whole thing. You know, I got burned to a crisp and I had to take a nap halfway through the day. Um, but I did the whole day, you know, yeah. all the other people like completed way ahead of me, but uh, I did it. And then I was left after it. I took a week after that and I was thinking about it. I, I felt some shame, you know, but then I was like, no, I did it. I did that day. And I was like, that's a start, not the finish. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it every day until I can do Ragbri. And I'm not, I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm halfway there maybe. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It seems we all grew up with the idea of a roller rink, right? And like we go to a place and you're kind of in this box and, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to roller skate in an oval for an hour. Whereas skateboarding is like, you can go to a ramp, you can go to a skate park, you can go to wherever, but it's also always been this mode of transportation. And I just wonder if we can talk about due to your social videos and stuff, like the act of roller skating as transportation, elevating it to that level that skateboarding is seen as like, why do we not treat roller skating as an equal way to simply get around? Well, part of it is you can jump off a skateboard and you can't jump out of roller skates. Right. Unless they're very loose. Um, so that might be a little <laughs> You probably bit don't, want, don't want them that loose to be able to just yeah, jump you don't out want of them that loose. Yeah, that's a good question. I think the there is a culture of doing it on the smoothest floor. I love roller rinks. I go to them all the time. But I also think it kind of makes it seem less accessible uh, than it is. You can skate anywhere and everywhere. It's just about patience and <laughs> really looking at what you're doing. And I always suggest uh, rollerblading also. I kind of just call it all skating. But if you get like big wheel blades, you can actually get around Chicago's sidewalks pretty efficiently, uh, get on the streets pretty efficiently. Just going around on roller skates is totally doable and you can do it on like trail skating, but I really recommend uh, rollerblades also. You can get these big 80 uh, millimeter wheels that just uh, chew up concrete pretty well. 
So asking oneself if they have the commitment to roller skate every day is one thing. But in the digital age, Lenny had to ask himself a second question. And I had to find that balance. I was like, do I document myself every day? I don't like to be performative all the time. You know, I think for my mental health, like <laughs> feeling like I had to Sometimes I roller skate, you know, naked in my hotel room because it's like I've just gotten off a job and I've taken a shower and it's like 1140 at night and it's almost midnight and I got to get my skate done in my hotel room. And I'm not going to set up a camera and show that, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lenny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saving that for, uh, you know, but it is accountability for me. I'm, I'm not doing the most ex exciting skating in the world and I know that. Um, but it also, it holds me accountable, uh, and it helps me reflect on my progression. It's just like reviewing tape to me also. Um, and I use it as a sort of, uh, safety mechanism a little bit. Like, um, I have footage in case like, you know, God forbid something happens to me when I'm out rollerblading, you know, um, probably sinking my foot into a pothole or getting hit by a door one of these days. But, um, it's just uh, I like the accountability and and I love photography. So it's getting me closer to being able to mix my two loves even more thoroughly. As I mentioned earlier, Lenny has posted videos on Instagram and TikTok of him roller skating through O'Hare on the blue line and various bustling Chicago neighborhoods. This week, he even came through our own WBBM newsroom, which you'll be able to view this week on our social media channels. Follow us at WBBM News Radio on most of those or at WBBM News Radio 105.9 on TikTok. The reactions around the office were tremendous. Folks having lunch or buried in work at their cubicles or even on the air were curious, to say the least. So I had to know out and about every day, what are people's reactions to Lenny's adventures on wheels? Often, uh, no reaction. I think, you know, <laughs> people in cities are used to seeing crazy stuff all the time. I'm the least concerned. Often people just kind of laugh at it and kind of like give me a high five, you know. Often older people will just say, oh, I used to roller skate and tell me about their love of roller skating, about how they used to put on a cute outfit and go to the roller rink and um, shake, you know, their moneymaker. But um, yeah, I, I, I almost never, ever get a negative reaction. When I've skateboarded, I've gotten negative reactions. You know, there's just kind of this, I think there's that counterculture element to skateboarding that isn't as uh, known or seen with roller skating. So it's like always seen as like this nostalgic thing. Take it from me, Lenny is no slouch. Skating every day truly means skating every day. But what about if he's surrounded by seemingly impossible landscapes or terrain that's not conducive to skating? Still, Lenny finds a way to make it work. I did this kayaking trip with my buddies. We were out camping out on this island you know, where it's just dirt and grass and it's the middle of the night and I haven't skated yet. So I had to like lay out a tarp and in front of my very, you know, manly buddies, you know, these rough camping types <laughs> and do figure out a way to do my little roller skating routine without <laughs> falling into the fire. And, you know, they're, they're just hooting and hollering at me. Um, people always tease me about it a little bit, but I think they're always, uh, they're always, it's, I think people find it exciting and endearing and all that. We don't have to get into the major history of roller derby, but like sure. there there are pockets of the country that are that are huge for that. I remember in the 80s mm -hmm. uh, and I had to uh, YouTube it 
this week to make sure that I remembered the theme song correctly. I remember watching this thing called Roller Games, which was syndicated and kind of had that vibe of pro wrestling. Like you had these roller derby teams and each person on the team had their own sort of like pro wrestling moniker. But roller derby, as we've seen with movies like Whip It and, and things of that nature over the last you know 20 years or so. Yeah. How big is this? It's it's huge. And it's a very female-centric, LGBTQ-friendly activity. It's been a journey for me. I think uh, the first trans people I ever really knew were through roller derby. I I joined a primarily men's team that was coached by women and had a few trans people on it. So it's all over the world. I think people don't see it because it just doesn't get the coverage, I think. But I think if people knew about it more and got to see some games, they would uh, just love it. It's so fun. I, I suggest anyone seeks it out. Chicago's got a few teams. Um, just search Roller Derby Chicago and you'll find it. So when did the idea of the children's book come out? How long has this been cooking in your mind? I had, I had toyed around with making a children's book uh, when I was in college. You know, I, worked, I was trying to work with like a teacher and another student that I respected. But it was what I've often found with creative projects is uh, if you really want it to happen, you have to be the one to own it. So as an adult, I, uh, well, recently I had started this project uh, called Care a Whole Lot which is uh, kind of a name taken from this Dr. Seuss line about if things are going to get better, people are going to have to care a whole lot. So with my buddy, Greg Schuster, I made this arts and education nonprofit we're hoping to become. And we made two coloring books. And that was a really fun experience. And they were all about uh, kind of creativity and conservation is our goal. And bringing those two together. But I've always wanted to like make a children's book tell like a little story and i want to try to marry that idea of roller skating as a passport with my uh, interest in conservation and so that's how this book came about and what is sort of the synopsis for people who want to pick it up for their kids and stuff what is sort of the trajectory of the book yeah so it's only you know 31 pages you know it's a quick read but it's about a character kind of going all around the world. Every page is a different destination and has a different cast of animals uh, kind of around the character, our protagonist. And the text is just all like kind of positive encouragement of exploration and curiosity uh, about the natural world. You're not going to see the Eiffel Tower or anything, but you're going to see a few recognizable landmarks and animals. It goes around the world and it goes a little bit into space because there's some kind of magical realism happening. It's a quick little romp around the world. That's great. Well, what do you hope kids take away from the book? I guess kids and adults, right? I mean, like you mentioned, photography in your life has been this, but also roller skating, rollerblading is also a passport, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like without answering this question myself, I feel like this book is also teaching that. But I mean, maybe there's some other aspects as well that you feel kind of get across. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I think that's exactly it because... To me, what the book is really about is just uh, encouraging that feeling that I've gotten from photography and roller skating to not not uh, com- always come from a place of fear about the unknown, that the earth uh, has exciting things happening constantly, and it's not all man-made stuff, you know? Like the most magical things on- in the world are happening between the places we're, we're occupying. And so, yeah, I want this book to kind of encourage kids to find their passport, find their excuse to go see the world, see what's out there. Right, exactly. And this might be a similar answer as well. But my my final question was going to be what you hope people take away if they're scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or something like that. 
and they see you out and about in the world, you know, doing all this stuff on your skates, what do you hope people take away from that? Is it the joy of skating in particular, or is it something beyond that as well? Uh, something I'm always thinking about when I'm out skating is that we need to make the world one that's uh, pedestrian friendly. And I'm pretty good at skating now. So I'm capable of getting around like pretty gnarly obstacles. But what I want people to take away is we should make the world more accessible to animals. You know, I'm all about uh, projects that do that, but also just to people like we have smooth streets and choppy sidewalks. You know, I, I always think about what people with you know, disabilities must struggle with. And I struggle with it just because I, I'm on these roller skates moving slightly faster. It's like, um, yeah, so I hope people take that away and just, you know, a sense of fun and joy and that you can find that at any age. And it's okay to fall. It's okay to get a little bit hurt. We all have to take a calculated risk with that. But I think we shouldn't let those fears uh, stop us from finding joy in our lives and in the world. Agreed. Agreed. Lenny, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jim. This episode of Looped in Chicago was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Jim Hankey. WBBM's news director is Craig Schwalb, and Myron Kaplan is our managing producer of national news podcasts. You can follow Lenny Gilmore on both Instagram and TikTok. And as mentioned, this week, keep your eyes peeled for footage of Lenny skating through our own WBBM studios. You'll be able to find that on our TikTok at WBBM News Radio 105.9, as well as on Instagram at WBBM News Radio. Thanks for listening, and we'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.